1: Welcome to the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having the the best night, day that you can. Uh, Me and myself and Stephen Tolbert are here with you with the game four recap of the NLDS. And unfortunately, uh, we're also here to recap the final game of the season for the Atlanta Braves. The Braves uh, go down three to one, to the Phillies, they lose the series three games to one, and uh, just uh, not not something that I think any of us were, were thinking was going to be much of a reality. Certainly, none of us were looking forward to, uh, but it it it's unfortunately happened for the second year in the row. The Braves go down in the NLDS to the Philadelphia Phillies, and Stephen Tolbert has been kind enough to join me. Stephen, h- how are you, sir? I know not on the best of terms, but it is good to talk with you once again.
2: What's up, Sean? Yeah, man. Um I don't know. I I don't even really know what to say. I've I I just been kind of sitting here, letting my computer try to figure out what's going on with it. But yeah, I mean, same team. I mean, basically the same. Se- I mean, we basically watched the exact same series that we watched last year. Like it it's like a carbon copy. Um, it's just I don't I don't know what I don't know what needs to happen. Like I don't know why this team can't hit in the nlds like i feel like going back to when i was like five years old like even if the team made a deep playoff run to get past the first round it was you know it was always because of the pitching even in 2021 when they won the world series like they didn't hit very well against the brewers like the uh, and obviously the brewers were a good uh pitching team but like they had to pitch well to win that series and it just seems like every Every single year, it's the same thing. Like, it's the exact same thing. Even the year they won the World Series, like, they just don't... I don't know why they do not hit in the first round of the playoffs. It just drives me absolutely crazy. And I know I'm going to rant a few times on this episode, but... And that's, you know, that's that's the story of this series and this game. I mean, this game was a microcosm of the series. They didn't hit. They scored one run in this game. They scored eight runs in the whole series. In four games, they scored eight runs. And five of those came in one game. That means in the three losses, they scored three runs. I mean, how in the how in the world are you the best offense in baseball all season long and you score three runs in their in your three loss? I mean, that's just anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm doing good, Sean. What's up, man?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's it's going to be hard to collect thoughts, but, but we'll start here. Of, of course, uh, Brad Rowland and Scott Coleman uh, will be back uh, later on in the weekend uh, with the uh, regular version of the Battery Power podcast. We'll get to all uh, the, the the main bullet points here in a second. They'll be back uh, with you. They they certainly um, we're not expecting this as well. Again, I don't think anyone is. Of course, you can find all of our great content at BatteryPower.com, at Battery Power, SBN, across all forms of social media free on all podcast platforms just you know hit your subscribe button and and we'll be there and and Stephen I think that you're the way that you just spoke is perfectly sums up what it, it has happened over the past few days it's one of those situations where what occurred is hard to accept and hard to believe but it's very simple to understand the Braves came into this series the best team in baseball. That was a valid statement. One of the best offenses we've seen in baseball history. Team of dominance. Team of destiny. And they just ran into a big brick wall of deja vu instead. And the reason why, Stephen, it's, it's just simple to say. The Phillies dominated us in every aspect of this series. Pitching, execution, managerial decisions, offense. What bullpen usage, whatever aspect you want to hone in on, the Phillies were significantly better than the Braves in this series. And 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 while it's not fun to say that, that's just simply where it starts. And that once again was the case on Thursday night. The pitching for the Phillies was on point. They were able to get the home runs. They were able to capitalize on the mistakes that Spencer Strider made. And that once again is what was able to help them win this game, even when the Braves threatened late in the game.
2: No, yeah. I mean, that's like that's part of what's most frustrating about this is it's not just losing. It's like it's like they forget how to play baseball when they get to these series. Like this wasn't even, honestly, I tweeted this earlier. Like this, this wasn't even all that competitive. Of a series, if we're being like 100% honest about it, I mean, the only in the one game they won in this series, game two, the Phillies had a four run lead with their ace on the mound. And, you know, if not for a couple of Trey Turner errors and the Phillies leaving, you know, 10 billion runners on base, the Braves get swept. The Braves don't even win a game. I mean, the Braves had a lead for like 10 minutes in this entire series. Like seriously, if you count the, the, the amount of time in these games, the Braves had a lead. It happened three times. It happened at after Riley's homer at the end of game two. It happened uh, after Acuna scored the first run of game three. And it happened tonight after Riley hit the home run. And immediately in game two, obviously the game ended there. But if, in the next two, Cassianos literally came up the next – half inning and hit a home run to tie the game. So the Braves literally had a lead for like 10 minutes. I mean, these games are like three hours each. So you're talking about, you're talking about, you know what? 12 hours worth of baseball and the Braves had a lead for 10 minutes. I mean, they got dominated. They got, uh, I mean, it was not, they got their ass kicked. I mean, let's be honest. They, they, they did not, they, They didn't even show up. It's so frustrating. I don't understand how you can be so good for six months. And I don't want to hear about the layoff. I don't care about the layoff. You know, it's you're professional baseball players. Like, I get there needs to be a conversation about the layoff. Should we improve it? Okay, fine, whatever. I don't want to hear about the pitching injuries. It's not the pitching that didn't show up in the series. You know, Strider pitched his heart out. Like, that's easily two games he could have won if the offense does anything, anything at all. The, the thing that you, the thing that this team hung their hat on all year long, where they put their money, where they put all of their resources is in this offense. They were supposed to hit. You know, this team is not built for two, one games. They're built for seven, five games. And when you score three runs in your three losses, the pitching has no room for error. They, they're, can you imagine what it's like pitching in that ballpark? Knowing your offense is giving you nothing. I mean every single pitch Spencer Strider threw tonight had to feel like life or death. Well, you can't pitch that way. Like that it's just Yeah, it, I I I don't I don't really have any I don't know why, I I don't know why they get to this point almost every single year and just like drop two or three levels in terms of talent and execution. I don't know what happened. like I need somebody to explain to me how this keeps happening. The exact, this was literally a, just a carbon copy of last year. They tried all this different stuff. You know, they, they said they were going to change a bunch of stuff in their preparation because of what happened last year. I don't know what they changed, but it, it was, it, it was just the exact same thing as last year. I mean, the, the Phillies kicked their butt last year. It wasn't even all that competitive of a series. Same thing this year. I mean, yeah, it, it, it like you said, it, it, they they dominated the Braves in every aspect of the game. It it really wasn't even that close of a series, if we're being honest about it.
1: Absolutely. And and you bring up game two. Um, you know, even when the Braves came back, their historic comeback that they had, don't want to take credit away from the Braves. They they did what they needed to do, but Philly mistakes had, you know, the Phillies, you could make the you could make the argument that a big part of the Braves' success was the Philly beating themselves with, you know, two hanging curveballs that Darno and Riley distributed out into the seats, and then, you know, the base running in you know, a mistake by Harper. So, again, it, it, the thing that stands out to me, to your point, is that as good as this team was throughout the regular season, there never was a point where it felt like they were in control of this series. Never. Even when they got the lead off the Austin Riley home run in Game 2. Even when they got the lead for the few times that they did, the Phillies immediately responded. In Game 2, it took, again, a great play by Michael Harris. This was a series in which the Phillies were in total control of from start to finish. And game four was, you know, another example of why their pitching was so good. You know, coming into this series, we talk about Aaron Nola, we talk about, you know, Zach, Zach Wheeler. And for good reason, they've been two of the most successful pitchers against the Braves over this stretch of winning since 2018. But you can make an argument that Ranger Suarez has been the best left-hander against the Braves um, over this, you know, since 2018 as well. And he, once again, was on point tonight, you know, from start to finish. Five innings pitched, uh, only one earned run, two Ks, three hits. The Braves made some solid contact at times, but it was in the ground. And that's what kind of defined this game. Austin Riley's home run occurred. Then the Phillies power just went on display. And then from there, the Braves had a couple of scoring opportunities late, but could not get the job done. It felt like that after Acuna flied out with the bases loaded in the bottom of the seventh inning, that really was our last gas. That really was our last opportunity to get it done. MVP at the plate, a chance to deliver. And he just missed it. And, And it just... Again, it it just never seemed like they were in control.
2: Not even the results, but like, and I noted this tonight, like just the quality of at-bats. Like even when the Phillies made outs, they were usually 6-7 pitch at-bats, right? Like Strider had, I think Strider was almost at 60 pitches through three innings. He hadn't given up a run yet, but like they were grinding every single at-bat. Ranger Suarez looked like he was out there pitching a bullpen in March. Like, you know, he was just free and easy. The Braves were wailing away at, at breaking balls in the dirt. I mean, there was three or four times the Braves, if they just literally just put the bat on their shoulders, it would have been a walk. I mean, that was another thing that irritated me about this series is, you know, the Braves had really cut down on their strikeouts. They had, you know, one of the best walk teams in the majors. I mean, just top to bottom, they were an amazing offense. And then you get into the series, and they're swinging at everything—everything everything in the dirt, everything off the plate, everything above their hand. Like they were just so antsy and jumpy, and it, it just looked like they had never played baseball. It was—I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand how the same team that we saw for six months—I don't understand how that was the team. I don't understand what what we got over the last four games, and how that's the same team we saw for the last six months. Because it just everything they did well since from April to you know September, it's like a different team showed up in October. Like they were swinging at everything. They wouldn't take a walk to save their lives. The They were, you know, these one-pitch pop-outs. Azuna uh, had like four pop-outs in this series on one pitch. I mean, you know, Suarez had like 45, or he had like, I think 65 pitches through like four innings or something like that. Like the only reason they took him out is because they had their entire bullpen rested. I, the Braves never got close, other than, other than the Riley Homer, which again was kind of off balance, one-handed, the shallowest part of the ballpark, wasn't like a bomb. Other than that, the Braves didn't really come close to scoring against Suarez. He could have pitched another two innings if they wanted to. They didn't need him to because they had their entire bullpen rested because they they, they you know, they beat the crap out of the Braves yesterday, 10-2, and they didn't have to pitch anybody, any of their good relievers. So they had everybody available. And that's the other thing. Every time Ranger Suarez got in trouble, the bullpen got up. Like they were not going to let Ranger Suarez give up six runs like, you know, Bryce Elder did yesterday because they knew like this is their chance to end the game in the series at home. And, you know, Rob Thompson, I think he manages circles around in this series. You know, we can get into all the, all the stuff from game three and the pitching decisions. But I, I not only did the players outplay the, the, not only did the Phillies players out, outplay the, the Braves players, but the Phillies coaches out coached the Braves coaches and, It was just total domination. Uh, There's no other word for it.
1: And and that's really what stands out. You know, Ranger Suarez came into this game uh, over, over 34 innings pitch since the start of 2022 in regular season games. He'd allowed 14 walks. He was averaging about four walks per nine innings over the past two regular seasons against the Braves. He also had given up seven home runs in those 34 innings. I think it was 34, 38 innings or something like that in game one last year, he walked five Braves in that outing, and, and he looked a bit better in game one this time around. But to your point, from past experience, the Braves should have really gone to the plate and looked to have been working those counts. It That's the other thing that kind of stood out in this. You know, the Braves only had four strikeouts in this game. They came through games one, two, and three. The Braves came into this game 30 strikeouts to seven walks. Definitely not uh, a, 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 um, a, a proportion that you like. But in this game, they struck out only four times, walked four times. The, a lot of the hard contact was on the ground. But the point that I'm getting at is, is against Suarez, they weren't working the count. When they got into the ninth inning, when you had Pilar, and then you had Eddie Rosario, and then you had Von Grissom, Pilar popped out, Eddie Rosario hit it out on the first pitch that he saw, and Von Grissom didn't really seem like he had an opportunity, though I think there were a couple of questionable calls. But my point is, is that that same just concentration, preparedness, and just in control that the Braves had been all season long, it just seemed like it went out the window. It's just like the common sense approach that would have led to success was not there either trying to create opportunities early or trying to convert opportunities late. It just was not there, and and that unease at the plate really stood out. You know, the other thing, though, that I will talk about a bit before we get more into the offense, Stephen, is that Spencer Strider, in his two outings in this series, you know, I I think Strider is up there. He showed his worth in my opinion as being one of the top 10 top 5 pitchers in baseball. He was spectacular for most of his game one start. He struggled a bit in this start tonight especially with the mistakes that were capitalized on by the Phillies, but I think that he and the rest of the pitching staff, you have to, you know, tip your hat to them. They did their job, but I think Spencer Strider really showed that he belongs on any stage at any point in time and he can get the job done on his end though it didn't lead to wins this was the first time since June of 2022 we had lost consecutive starts by Strider but you have to be pretty, pretty pleased with his two performances
2: yeah I saw people ripping Strider I don't I don't understand like you know in game one he gave up two runs and I I think one of them was an error so like they they should have won that, that like the two the two Strider versus Suarez games like they should have won like if the offense does their job at all, that should be two wins. And, and like tonight, yeah, Strider didn't have his best stuff. He didn't have his slider. He didn't have his changeup. He had to be, it was basically just a fastball pitcher tonight. And even that he, he went, what, six innings and gave up three runs. Like, I mean, if that's your bad start and you know, your, your offense, sh- like, that's the point is that the offense is supposed to cut. Co- that's supposed to be a win with this team. This team is built where if the pitching gives up three runs, like it did tonight, or like it did in game one. That's a win. That's how this team has been built all year long. This This team was not, this is not the twins or the brewers. This team is not designed for two to one games constantly. This, this team is designed. We're going to give up two or three runs a game, but we're going to score five or six. And that's how they won 104 games this year. And that's what they did. You know, if the Braves score four runs in game one or score four runs tonight, the Braves are going on to the NLCS. Like, that's the point, like the pitching, was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. Like, you know, the elder game, uh, we, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to relitigate that Brad and Scott had the pleasure of doing that last night. And, and I think all of our opinions on that game are pretty well documented, but you know, the strider games, like those should be wins. Like though, if the offense does their job, those should be wins. And I'm not blaming Strider. He yeah, yeah, he hung a couple of sliders tonight. I don't know why they kept going back to the slider when it was clear that A, he didn't have a good slider, and B, that they were sitting on slider. I mean, and everybody could tell they were sitting on sliders because they were late on all the fastballs. So I don't know why they kept going to it. Um, he hung one to Castellanos home run. He hung one to Trey Turner home run. He, he hung another one to Trey Turner early in the game that was for a double. Like, like, yeah, they need to stop throwing that if it's not working, but again even with it not working, he gave up three runs. Like that should be, this team should cover that up. This team was built to cover that stuff up. And it's exactly like game one. And that's the reason they're going home is because the offense did not do their job. And again, I don't care about the layoff. I don't care about the randomness of, of post-season. I don't care about the pitching injuries. I'm not giving them any excuses like full stop. They did not do their job. They did not. This team was supposed to hit. It didn't hit, and that's why they're going home. And I don't really know if it's any more complicated than that.
1: And it's not. And again, it goes to the brave struggles at the plate that it becomes even harder to do it when you realize just how you know dominant the Phillies were at the plate. I mean, looking at the you know some numbers from the series, um, uh, Stephen. Overall, the Phillies hit 11 home runs that tied the highest amount of home runs by a team in a single NLDS in the history of the division series Nick Castellanos four home runs he joined Carlos Beltran as the only other as the only two players to hit four home runs in an NLDS the Phillies in this series had five players who had a 969 or higher OPS JT Realmuto Nick Castellanos Trey Turner Bryce Harper as well as uh, Brandon Marsh. Five of the six best hitters in this series were Philadelphia Phillies. And the other thing that stands out for the Braves is that they were out homered 11 to 3. And we know that, you know, I believe coming into this playoffs, 86% of the time, the team that wins the home run battle wins the game. Well, that should tell you right there. That's why the Braves lost three out of four. The Braves overall, 34 strikeouts compared to 11 walks. The same discipline was not there that had been all season. And also the fact that, you know, if you're not going to hit home runs, you've got to figure out a way to be able to score runs. Three of 17 with runners in scoring position. So only for the best offensive baseball, 17 opportunities to score runs over four games isn't all that impressive. But when you only convert three of them, when one of them was Austin Miley's home run in game two, that really stands out. So, so that's where the dominance was in this series. The Phillies just absolutely were on another level, and it got even you know worse for the Braves when they got to Citizens Bank Park. But just when wherever you look at any offensive category, the Phillies were just light years ahead of the Braves, and it, it just goes to show that preparedness, you know, approach, whatever have you. You could talk about whatever the Braves could have done better and they should have done better, but even if the Braves do significantly better offensively, this is still a competitive series with how hot the Phillies were.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm I'm obviously very frustrated with the Braves, and and so most of this commentary is going to be centered toward what they didn't do. I I do want to make sure we say, like, the Phillies were amazing in the series. Like, they pitched incredibly well. Wheeler looked amazing. Nola looked amazing. Ranger Suarez apparently is, like, you know, prime Cole Hamels now. I don't I don't know. But, you know, I, I and I, you know, on Chris and I's show if if people have listened to that show all year, they know like I, I was very high on the Phillies all year long. Like I believed in their talent. And I said it all year long. I think they're the third best team in the, in the National League behind the Braves and the Dodgers because. You know, with Wheeler and Nola and Suarez and they, you know, they went out and acquired just a ton of high velocity relievers, which really plays up in October. And then a lineup that's that's deep enough to really hurt you if they get going like they're a really, really good team and they're built for October. Like that's a really good October format is, you know, top heavy rotation that you can lean on a bunch of high velocity relievers that you can go to in big spots to get strikeouts. And a bunch of guys in your lineup that can hit homers. I mean, if you're building a postseason roster, that's what you build, and that's where I mean, I have no interest in getting into offseason stuff at this point. There's, you know, that we we have plenty of time for that. But if I'm if I'm the Braves, like we got to take a little bit of this formula and apply it. Like the Braves need a couple more high velocity relievers. They don't have a lot of that. Braves need to get probably need a little bit more front line pitching, because you know Max Fried's, uh Max Fried is got one more year. Spencer Strider, I think, is good enough to be there, but like they probably need to go get another guy, especially with a Kyle Wright injury. Charlie Martin being, you know, a million years old—I don't know, forty years old, whatever he is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Phillies were better, and they are built for this. And I do want to give them credit, like they—they they just beat the Braves. And again, most of my focus is going to be on the, what the Braves didn't do, but it does need at least to be said that the Phillies just dominated them and they deserve the credit for it
1: yeah two years in a row and and, and the thing about these is, is that you could talk about you know and first off i want to give you credit because i remember specifically it was either in the second half preview after the all-star game or it was at the trade deadline i asked you the question specifically when you look at the national league Who do you see as the Braves' biggest competition? And I mentioned a few teams, mentioned the Dodgers, mentioned the Brewers, um, you know, at that time, but you specifically said the Phillies, and and for good reason. The Phillies are not only built to beat the Braves, they probably, I would say probably along with the Astros, are the team that's built to give the Braves the biggest competition because the Phillies obviously can hit at times to the level that we can, but also just break it down like this. When you look at the players, Stephen, over the past several seasons, since 2018 sometimes I go back to with this recent stretch of winning for the Braves, when you look at the pitchers who have given the Braves the most trouble, Jacob DeGrom, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. When you look at the hitters who have given the Braves the most trouble, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, four of those players that I mentioned are Phillies. So you, you just have to tip your hat to the fact that they are a very tough matchup for the Braves, and it's especially true when it comes to Citizens Bank Park. So again, don't want to sit here and spend too much time giving them praise, but it's hard to deny the biggest factor that mattered in this series, and that was just how well the Phillies played from Game 1 through Game 4.
2: Yeah, and you know, there's always luck, right? Like, the Dodgers rotation fell apart in September The Braves rotation had all those injuries in September. The Brewers had a bunch of injuries in September. The Orioles lost Felix Bautista in September. Like, you know, injury luck is always part of it. The Phillies were relatively healthy. They had their big three guys in the rotation all good to go. They had all their high leverage relievers that were healthy in September. So, yeah, that's part of it. Um, uh, Yeah, the Rays, the the, the Rays were the other one I was thinking of. That They lost uh, some of their big arms right before the playoffs too. So, like... If You look at all the best teams, and if you look at the best teams and what they did in this postseason, it's actually unbelievable. Like, the, the one game the Braves won is like the only game that any of the top five teams in the majors won in the playoff. Like, the, the top five teams by record in the playoffs went like one in 13 in the postseason or something like that. It's something crazy. But yeah, a lot of those teams I mean, pretty much all of those teams had pretty serious pitching injuries come up late in the season. And the Phillies didn't. All their best guys were healthy and and ready to go. And and that, you know, obviously that's part of it. But still, with all that being said, all the pitching injuries the Braves had, pitching was not their problem. Like they pitched well enough to win this series. They did not hit well enough to win really any series. And yeah, the Phillies are good. And and the Phillies have some Braves killers on their roster. And, and, you know, obviously that helps. But, you know, other than the big game from, from Harper last night, you know, obviously, every everybody for the Phillies had a big game last night. You know, the Bra- you know the Phillies scored what three runs in game one? They scored three runs tonight. Like they scored what? What they scored four runs in game two? The Braves won. Like the Braves pitched well enough. Like that's what the Braves did all year long. They gave up two, three, sometimes four runs, but they always scored six, seven, or eight. So it didn't matter. And that was the formula they used all year long. And so, you know, even with the, even if you account for the pitching injuries. You know, that's not why the Braves lost the Braves lost because they didn't hit and everybody that they expect to hit was in the lineup and their lineup was 100% healthy and good to go and they just didn't perform and that's why they're going home.
1: So we'll get in a bit to, and and I agree with everything that you said, we'll get into a bit specifics, you know, more on the series itself. You know, one of the things, one of the biggest factors that had led to the Braves' success so far this year, um, or excuse me, this season in general, was you can say they're one of the best offenses in baseball history, but I think an even more valid argument is that they truly had one of, if not the best seasons in terms of first inning offense this year. The Braves scored more runs in the first three innings of regular season games in this season than any other team had since the year 2000. But yet, we see that type of production from the Braves. But now, going into this series and last year, over these eight playoff games, a team that can do that in the regular season – a big reason why the Phillies have been so good against the Braves over the past two years, Stephen, they have outscored us twenty-six to two in the first three innings of ball games, and I think that that's a factor that 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 definitely you know kind of did us in from the start. We talk about the fact that it didn't feel like the Braves were in control hardly at all. You talked about the fact that whenever the Braves had to lead, the Phillies immediately answered, but that is really what st- stood out, and it just seemed like that at times. After the Braves went through their efforts in the first few innings, it didn't work. It just seemed like that the same focus, concentration, what have you, wasn't there. But when we talk about, you know, looking at both offenses and really when you break down what provided them with success, over the past two years, it's just the Phillies being the early aggressor, having that urgency to start out with, and the Braves not. And lo and behold, the Braves just find themselves behind Quite a bit. I believe every game, despite game two of last year, every game of the eight that have been played, seven of the eight games, the Braves have found them down have found themselves down multiple runs in each of those games. And that's what really stands out to me is a reason why this Phillies offense was just absolutely miles ahead of the Braves.
2: Yeah, and the Pitchers never had any never had any breathing room. The largest lead the Braves had in the series was one run. That's the large at any point in any game. The largest lead they had was one run. They never had a multi-run lead in any of the four games. Like that's crazy. Like, he, like the the pitchers just every single pitch they threw was life and death. And for the Phillies, they were just able to just throw. They were just able to pitch, and it's just it's like I don't. I don't, it's, it, it almost, it's almost, it's, it was almost like a mental, it's like a mental block. Like the Phillies have like mentally dominated the Braves world. Like the Phillies just expect to win these games and the Braves just expect to lose them. And they play, they play the series out exactly like that. Like the Braves are just incredibly tight and nervous and pitch and doing stuff they haven't done all year. And the Phillies are just, you know, free and easy, just, just hitting mistakes and pitching great and, and having fun. And, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer. I don't, I've, I don't even think they have an answer out, you know, I, I'll i be interested to see what the, you know, the guys say at the end of the, or after tonight, you know, Snit will do his press conference. I'm sure a couple of the players will get talked to, but I mean, I don't even know what you say when you get your butt kicked like that. Like you, you know, again, I, I the, they had a chance because the pitching Held the Phillies for the most part, you know. Absent Game Three, the you know the Braves' offense had chances to to come back in games because the Phillies were only up three one or three nothing, but they could just never get a hit. They could never get a big hit, and that's what they did all year long. And I don't know. I I don't I don't I don't know why it's that way. I don't know what the answer is going forward. I'm very interested to see what what if any changes they make um you know that's obviously a whole discussion for the offseason but it's just really disheartening uh, you know i'm 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 kind of amazed i've made it this long on the podcast i I i've multiple times thought about just just going to bed but um yeah it's just it's really disappointing
1: yeah and and you know we'll, we'll we have a few more things that you know want to want to touch on and before we we head on because i i agree with you it's uh it's not fun after witnessing it, you know, being able to talk about it right after. But the other thing that that stands out about this is that coming into this series, I feel that it was pretty fair to say that based off, you know, the season that everybody had, you could put Bryce Harper in the level of these people, I feel, uh, these two players, I feel, because of what he's done in the past. But the two best hitters coming into this series were clearly Ronald Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson. And I'm not going to say, Neither of them were non-existent because, you know, coming into this, Matt Olson had three hits. Ronald Acuna Jr. had had two himself, but he had three runs. Some of the, you know, only opportunities we had to score, it was created by Ronald being on base. But the thing that I'll say is this, is they obviously did not play up to their standard. And, and it's fair to say that uh, the Braves rely on that. The Braves rely on their two best hitters playing at an elite standard. That's why they're both likely going to be in the top four of the MVP voting. But I think that that also, you know, besides the Braves just not having any opportunities to score early on in games their two most consistent elite performers were nowhere near where they were in the regular season. Steven, was there anything just in particular about Acuna and and, and Matt Olson that stood out to you? I know we talk about the fact that, it, that, you know, them playing free and loose like they had on regular season. They were now playing in a situation where there was no margin for error. Was there anything about either the Phillies' approach or something different that you saw in Acuna or Olson's approach that led to the fact that they were just significantly less productive in this series than they were the regular season? No, I
2: mean, I, you know, the Braves play the Phillies so much that we see, we see all year how they're going to pitch these guys. Like, you know, with Acuna specifically, I, I really felt like he was just antsy the whole series. I, I felt like he was swinging at pitches that he doesn't normally swing at. I felt like he probably could have had two or three more walks if he was just a little bit more patient. Um, he did not have a good series. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He didn't, he had like a a 500 OPS or something like that, and Olson the same. I and mean, Olson had uh, what? Well, let me look real quick. Olson had a yeah. Olson had a 500 OPS too. The only the only hitter that had a just even a decent OPS was Riley, who had a thousand OPS after two more hits tonight. But they, I don't think the Braves. Let's see. Riley had a thousand OPS. I don't think the Braves had anybody over 700. Yeah, the Braves. So Riley had a thousand OPS, and the next closest guy was in the 600s. So like. And you're right. I mean, Acuna and Olson are the guys for the Braves. Like they're, like you said, they're good. You know, Acuna's going to win the MVP almost certainly. And he had a great season. He really did. And it should be celebrated. But he did not play well. And Olson did not play well. Ozzy had a rough series. Ozzy had a lot of pop ups. Ozuna would just looked lost at the plate. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Ozuna, but he looked. He probably looked as bad as anybody. Well, maybe other than Michael Harris. Harris has had a really rough start to his playoff career. He's like, he's like one for twenty. One for 27, I think, to start his playoff career the last two years. Rosario didn't have a good series. Um Arcia had a really I mean it's every other than Riley, it's pretty much everybody. Everybody had a terrible series offensively. And and, you know, there was nothing I, I didn't notice anything new. You know, for for Olsen, I'll at least say the Phillies have a ton of lefties and they have a ton of like, especially in the bullpen. I mean, they could throw Alvarado, they could throw Soto. They get those strong like they, you know, and that's on top of having Ranger Suarez. So it was always going to be a tough matchup for for Matt because, you know, they could just throw out so many lefties. Um, You know, with the other guys, I really thought it was just I I don't know if it was I don't know if they just got out of sync and everybody was just antsy. Just a lot of guys swinging at bad pitches, um, you know, letting the pitchers get into good counts without having to throw pitches over the plate. You know, that's I mean, that's. Baseball is an extremely difficult game, but it's actually a very simple concept. Like you make, if you make the pitcher throw the ball over the plate, then you have a better chance of being successful. But if you swing at pitches that are not over the plate and you get them in good counts without having to throw good pitches, then they can do whatever they want to you. And that's, that's kind of how I would sum up this series. The Braves allowed the Phillies pitchers to throw bad pitches and still be in good counts. And, because of that, they never got good pitches to hit, and we're still making outs. And if pitchers are going to throw you bad pitches, you need to make them pay for it with walks because then that's going to force them to get in the zone. And we saw that a little bit as the game moved on. The at-bats definitely got better against the bullpen, but there wasn't enough of it. It was just too little too late. And, you know, I don't know why. I I would love to hear their explanation as to why they think that is, but they were just so jumpy and, and were swinging. At you know, bad pitches way too often and allowing pitchers to get in good counts without having to throw, you know, pitches over the plate. And, you know, they paid for it.
1: And and that, I think, kind of nails it on the head. You know, again, Sean Coleman here with Stephen Tolbert, recapping the game-poor loss of the Braves in the NLDS2, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Braves losing the series 3-1. to one Their season, unfortunately, comes to a much earlier than much earlier in than many had hoped for, many had anticipated. But Stephen, I just I I think what it comes down to when you look at this Braves team, me and you kind of looked at it in different ways. I looked at it, you know, from you know what statistically they didn't do. You kind of hit the nail on the head in the fact that they were consistently down. Again, you have a team who consistently played ahead in games all year long, had plenty of margin for error. Something didn't work out, hey we feel like we're going to be just fine. We'll bounce back. But when you talk about that antsiness, when you talk about not being in control, when you talk about not the same level of focus, I really think that a big part of it is just that they were in a situation that they were not used to. And that was being down, playing from behind, and that margin for error. not not They didn't have a margin for error to work with. So I don't know if they put too much pressure on themselves or what have you. Regardless of all that, This Braves team is a team, basically more than any other maybe, that is focused on the World Series. They are focused on the postseason. And when they make moves in the offseason, it's to survive and thrive in the postseason. And I just, it it does, there's not anything going to be drastic done to this team, and rightfully so with how good they're going to remain for, you know, hopefully several years in the future. But when you come to an an approach or a managerial philosophy or what have you, does anything stand out that just needs to immediately change from that perspective, from how they prepare or how they approach or their manager's decisions that has to change in next year's playoffs for them to have better success than they have the past two years?
2: Well, again, you know, I mean there are definitely things like I if it, if it's my team and I can do whatever I want just off the top of my head like I think they need slightly better hitters on the back end of the or the back end of the lineup. Um, you know, they the Rays had the best offense maybe in the history of baseball this year. But, but if you look at the names, like Eddie Rosario, Orlando Arcia, like that was a pretty big overperformance by those guys. Like, and what and what we saw in October was a very, very, very aggressive regression to the mean. And I don't know if you can count. Like those guys are are much more, you know, average to below average hitters than they are above average hitters. and And you know, when Eddie's hot, Eddie's of course, one of the best hitters in baseball. But when he's cold, he looks like a high school hitter. I mean, he looks like he's never seen major league pitching before and it's just tough. You know, in 2021 they got lucky because he had one of his hot streaks in in October, but if he has one of his cold streaks in October, he's basically useless. So, I would like to see a little more talent closer in, you know, towards the bottom of the lineup. Um, you know, the top 4 guys are going to stay the same and and they should. You know, those guys just had bad series, but like you said, each of them had individual moments where they They at least contributed something. The bottom of the lineup basically contributed nothing for the entire series. And so, you know, you can at least project forward that the top of the lineup is going to have better series than the one they had this year. But I would definitely add more talent to the bottom of the lineup. Um, Like I said earlier, I would definitely add a little more velocity to the bullpen. I, I think the Braves have too many guys who throw you know, 88, 89, 91, 92, 93. Um, I think those guys that come out throwing it 98, 99 are just so much more valuable in October in these big moments. I mean, I can't tell you how many times the Braves had at least some sort of small rally and, and one of the, you know, the Phillies bullpen guys came out and and just put it, put it into it. And, you know, velocity really helps that. And I would so I would like to see that, you know, from a manager's perspective, again, I I really don't want to relitigate the whole game three stuff. I, I do think, you know, I, I do think Brian struggles with the urgency that is required in the postseason. Um, game three was a was a perfect example of just you know, every time Ranger Suarez got in trouble tonight, there was a guy throwing. And that's how it has to be. And Ranger Suarez is a better pitcher than Bryce Elder. So like every time Bryce Helder got in trouble last night, like there should have been a guy throwing. And You know, I tweeted this last night, but there, there should, there should have never been a situation where Bryce Elder could ever be charged with six earned runs. Like that situation should have never even been possible. Like he was, he should have never been left in the game long enough to ever allow six earned runs. And that's kind of the approach they took with Suarez tonight. And again, Suarez is better than Elder, so you know, I, I I would love to see a little bit more urgency from Bryant. You know, I know he trusts his players, and you know, he lets. Elder looked good for game, you know, the first couple of innings, and he kind of let that override what he knows should have been a little bit more aggression. And, you know, that's kind of his he really trusts his players, and that's why players love him as much as they do. But in the postseason, man, you just can't, you don't, you don't have that luxury. Like this is not May. Like these games are literally must win. The season's over. Like the Braves are done. The season's, you know, they're the, the next time they play will be in spring training. So everything everything they work for all year is done. It's over and like that's those are the stakes and when those are the stakes like every single time the Phillies got in trouble tonight somebody went to the mound pitching coach manager catcher somebody did Bryce Elder went through that whole inning last night and not a single person ever went to the mound not the catcher not the pitching coach not not snit no one and that's that's the kind of stuff where like I understand you're a player's manager you want to trust guys but like I don't know. I I would like to see a little bit more urgency from the coaching staff on a lot of fronts. Um, But again, you know, this is all offseason stuff that we can get into later. But um, I I do think there's some there's there's some things the Phillies do that that can be duplicated to to help, you know, try to get over this over this hump, this mental hurdle, whatever it is about the NLDS um, and hopefully have a little more success going forward.
1: Absolutely, and that's you know kind of where, where where we're at. You know, this Braves team is an incredible collection of young talent. I feel that you can certainly, though the past two seasons have ended much earlier than anybody would have wanted. I still think that with confidence, you would say that the Braves are one of the two or three. You would definitely say that the Braves are one of the two or three best teams, best suited to be in that World Series contention over the next five to seven years. But it's also relevant to say that right now the Braves have faced a team that have their number. Two straight years, the Braves have been beat by the Phillies, and they have been at times dominated. They have The Phillies have been clearly the better team in these playoff series. So to Stephen's point, when you're talking about these offseason potential changes that are going to occur, and we'll have plenty of time, obviously, to discuss them. But in general, the first assessment is is that whatever moves you make, you make it with the focus of being better prepared for the playoffs, making your approach better for playoff-type scenarios, and doing things that the Phillies do well. If you apply them to your own team, you're just simply acknowledging what has worked, what you've witnessed has worked in the playoffs, and that should be a focus of this team. But, uh, Stephen, as as we wrap up here, again, I I know that – it hasn't been fun at all. Always fun doing these with you, but it's not been, you know, fun in terms of the circumstances. But just any, you know, last thoughts. I, I know that, you know, hey, we'll, we'll both be on plenty of podcasts over the next uh, several months talking about, you know, season and reflection, looking at the offseason and all that. That stuff can wait till then. But just any final thoughts as far as, you know, this series and just, you know, unfortunately, the, the end of the season for the Braves. Um, no, I mean, it was, it
2: was a fun season. It was a lot of, I mean, I had as much fun covering the team and watching the team and, and interacting with all of our, you know, we have a, we have a tremendous base of listeners and, and you guys are incredible. And, and we, I mean, I, I don't, I know, I don't sound like it at the moment, but I am very, I am actually very grateful for all the people that have followed along all year long, you know, on the site, on the podcast network, on Twitter. It was a fun season, Um, and I'm sure at some point I will be able to appreciate that more than I can at the moment. Um, You know, I agree the Braves are set up to be one of the best teams in baseball going forward the next 5, 10 years. But, you know, make no mistake, like, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep having a great regular season and then bouncing, you know, in the first round. And, you know, I know the team won the World Series two years ago, but a lot of the players that were on that team are not on this team anymore. So, you know, it's not exactly a one to one thing where this group gets credit for that. Like some of them do, but, you know, a large part of that team is gone. You know, Freddie, Dansby, uh, Jock Peterson, Will Smith, you know, uh, Solaire, like, you know, Duvall, like a lot of the big performers of that World Series team aren't here anymore. So, like, this team doesn't get it's not like it's the exact same group from two years ago that won the World Series like it's a different group of guys and so for them right now this is their legacy like they they have great regular seasons and then they get to the postseason and they do nothing and you know fair or not that's what it's gonna be and I you know I tweeted this out but like they deserve all the criticism they're gonna get you know they're 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 gonna get ripped up and down for getting to this point point again and and choking and and you know again even if it's not fair that's what's going to happen and they you know when you when you don't perform like this in the postseason you get what you get and you know i i will at some point be able to appreciate this season more i'm sure as this as the days go by and and we get more into the offseason and can actually talk about ways to improve but yeah right now it's just I don't know if disappointment is the word. It's probably not a strong enough word, but yeah, that's kind of the overarching feeling. But I am very grateful. I do want to make that clear. I'm very grateful for all the people that followed along and, and you know, interacted all year long. It, it was a fun year and we do appreciate it.
1: It was a fun year. It was a historic year. It was a spectacularly year. As we go into the next coming weeks and few months, many Braves are going to get multiple recognitions and awards, and they're going to be absolutely deserved. And that should, you know, have its value. That should still remain relevant. But it's also going to sting, you know. For those of us, you know, I'm sure m- most of Braves country who listens, we're, we're fans of baseball in general, and it's going to be hard. I can only speak for myself, but I imagine for many, it's going to be hard watching the NLCS and beyond, knowing that that the, the Braves had every reason to expect to be there, and for the second straight year, then they're not. And the last point that I'll make is this, is that the Braves, more than anybody else, Steven, they know that even with a long, long window of opportunities to win titles, it's never a guarantee. Again, we will, we're the franchise that won only one championship despite making the playoffs 14 years in a row. I'm not saying this era of Braves baseball is going to do that. They won a World Series title, but you know this team wants as many as possible. The point that I'm getting at is, is that I'm not saying that you know we should be expecting this era to be like that era in terms of not winning as many championships as you would expect. But the point is, is that you also don't know how many years like this you're going to have and so you don't want to consistently, just to be honest, squander these opportunities when it matters most. And we've gotten two years in a row where the Braves have basically done that. They have squandered really good opportunities to get back to where they have a straightforward shot to win a title, and it has not worked out. So that certainly is going to be the focus of the offseason, as it should be. And I'll echo Stephen as well. Can't thank listeners, just everybody, everybody. I can't thank you enough for your support, your kindness, listening to to myself, Brad, Steven, Scott, and Chris. I'm sure that you know the others will you know echo the same sentiments in time. I can't thank you enough for being with us with her this season. I know it's been a fun season. I know it ended in disappointment, but it's been an incredible ride. We're going to continue to provide great content for you throughout the off season. But certainly want to echo Stephen and say we are as grateful as we can be for all the support, kindness and just staying with us throughout this and for the continued, you know, uh, you know, presence that you'll be for us as we go into the off season. Stephen, do you have anything else as we wrap up?
2: No, I'm going to go have a beer and go to bed.
1: All right. Well, Stephen, I I'll talk with you for just a moment after the podcast, but his name is Stephen Tolbert. Again, I I will say this with as much Confidence as I can. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I cannot stress enough. Steven is one of the best minds when it comes to covering this team and baseball. Make sure to follow all his great work at BatteryPower.com, both written and through the podcast to be named later podcast. You can follow him at B underscore Outliers. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSEC on Twitter, on the Daily Hammer as well. For all of us here, thank you so much for the support this season. Definitely feel the disappointment with you that the season ended early, but hopefully this will be another opportunity to where, you know, going through this will in the next few years lead to multiple World Series titles. Again, find all the great content, BatteryPower.com, Battery Power SPN across all forms of social media and free on all podcast platforms. For Stephen Tolbert, my name's Sean Coleman. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Battery Power Podcast Network.